the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Wake Up. So glad you could join us. Happy Thursday to you. It's All Souls Day. And uh, boy, we've got a lot of souls we want to pray for mm-hmm. each and every day. Those uh, in purgatory and those in heaven. And uh, why not? Let's get started with a prayer. Absolutely. Game Absolutely. for that? Yes, okay. I am. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God of mercy, I pray this day for all souls, both known and unknown to me, who, although touched by death, have not yet entered your heavenly kingdom. Eternal rest grant upon them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. And again, good morning. I'm Damian Colano, along with David Dawson, and Gabby is out today. She's out today. But she'll, she'll be, be back, back tomorrow. Yep. Okay. That's right. right. Damian, I went make... to the most beautiful service last night, uh, uh, graveside All services. Saints. Oh, yeah, the, it was the blessing of the graves. Blessing of the graves. Mm-hmm. It was just beautiful. It was over at my church's St. George in Baton Rouge, and their cemetery is rather large, you know, so they had the luminaries. Boy Scout put the luminaries everywhere. Okay. And it was just it was just amazing. Oh, yeah. It was just amazing. Very Have nice. you ever been to one of those? I went to one Sunday. We had yeah. the blessing of the grave sites for my father-in-law oh, over really? in Leroy, Louisiana. So was it was it uh, uh, during the day? It was, was during it? the day. So are, in Leroy, are the, are the graves elevated or are they some are some are elevated mm-hmm. okay a mixture and there's yeah. a mo- mausoleum there as well. i always think of what a gift it is and i can only imagine what it's like in new orleans when they do something like that mm. in those cemeteries oh huh? yeah Gosh. yeah you almost need a map there yeah you do yeah. and they have them as yeah. a matter of fact a lot, of my, rel- yeah. a lot of my relatives are are buried oh is that right yeah in new oh orleans. nice mm-hmm. it's just beautiful i think we have something a very unique gift yeah you know yeah. down so, here or something uh, like that well it's a, a special ceremony for sure. Yeah, and uh, good to have. We have a, a number of guests that are going to be with us this morning, including Jacob Zumo, who is a sacred artist here in Baton Rouge, and he's in our studio. We'll he's be here chatting now. with him. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll be talking to Jacob in just a little bit. Bob Stern is uh, here. We'll be chatting with him. He is got a great story going from Judaism to Catholicism and uh, his conversion corner uh, segment. Louis Audemars, attorney, will be here to talk about St. Charles Borromeo. Bar- Bar- Borromeo. Very, very good. Very yeah, good. I, I got to roll I those roll R's. I can't do that. And Sandra Martin, director of Marian Servants of the Precious Blood of Jesus, will be chatting with us uh, upcoming Mass and Eucharistic healing service that is going to be taking place. And so we'll be talking to her about that as well. Weather-wise, it's going to start getting warmer for those of you who are wondering when it will. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> it'll actually start today. 
Uh, oh, plenty okay. of sunshine. Winds uh, won't be as bad as they have been. They're actually going to be a little calmer, 5 to 10 miles an hour. They'll be out of the east instead of the north. High is going to be 69, low 44. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 77 degrees. And the weekend, oh, nice. plenty of sunny skies. High will be in and around 80 degrees. Lows in the 50s. Perfect football weather, perfect to say the least. Yeah. yeah. Temperatures right now, Gulfport, Mississippi, reporting 39 degrees. It's 41 in Mobile. Over in Covington, rather chilly, 34 degrees. Mm. Home of Thibodeau, it's 43. In New Orleans, 46. And in Baton Rouge, 36 degrees. So those are your temps, your forecasts. Got a lot to look forward to. Great weather to get outdoors, as I said. It's going to warm up a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, LSU, Alabama. Oh, boy. Look out for that. Mm. Mm. All right, well, don't go too far because when we come back, we'll be talking to Jacob Zumo about his participation doing a live painting at Catholic Man Night coming up next week for us here at Catholic Community Radio. It's five after the hour. Today's gospel comes to us from John chapter 6. Jesus said to the crowds, Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and I will not reject anyone who comes to me, because I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him on the last day. Thank you, Father Chris Decker. It is seven after the hour, almost eight after the hour. Get up, get going. It's Thursday morning. It's It's November 2nd. It's cold, (laughs) and it is also All Souls Day. And uh, with us right now, Jacob Zumo in the studio. Jacob is here to chat about the upcoming event at Catholic Man Night. Jacob has done a live painting not only at our event in the past, but a number of events throughout the state, uh, depending on the event and the day and the time. But uh, Jacob, ours is November 8th coming up. It's a, a Wednesday evening. Tell us a little bit about what your game plan is for the live painting, or are you not allowed to, to no, let it I've got a, l- a little game plan. I actually <laughs> was painting live at uh, Father David Dawson's event um, a few weeks back and got to meet Mike Fulmer. And, um, man, talk about a, uh, a very special man. Yes. And so, like, I'm, yes. I'm finished painting, and I'm all tired from painting, and he comes to me with this, like, deep theology uh, yes. conversation. <laughs> so it was, it was a lot to take in. But um, he'll be talking a little bit about – um, St. Michael. So that's probably all I'll give to y'all for the guys who are coming to the event. But um, yeah, it'll be a St. Michael ought to, theme. That ought to be awesome. Yeah. I've never seen a guy so on fire with his face as Mike Gosh. Fulmer. Oh, yeah. I mean, he brings it to work. He brings it everywhere he goes. And the things he gets behind, and praise God, he gets behind Catholic community media. You know. Yes, he does. But what a guy. It's just amazing. We should all be like, I want to be like Mike. I want everywhere I go, all I do is think and talk about God. Right? Well, you nothing, know? nothing stopping you. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, I'm doing what I can here. You know, <laughs> I'm just so, saying. You're right. Nothing's uh, stopping that, me. That, uh, yeah. Well, Jacob, let's talk a little bit about your work, though, because uh, a lot of people may not be familiar so much with your background. Uh, you were? Did you start out as a sacred artist, or you were painting just average stuff or right, so landscapes? I, I, what I, my coin is from secular to sacred. So okay. I started off doing all. 
um, the secular world as far as like rappers, yeah. celebrities, all these things, yeah. and um, quickly saw how dark that world could get, not just in the rapper world, but in the, the high-level A-list celebrity world and mm-hmm. just big heavy hitter business guys, how, how that can um, get, get a little dark. And so my come-to-Jesus moment, as, as you could say, um, was what am I doing when I meet these people and what am I bringing to the culture um, as far as like when I meet them and how big is their reach and what is really my artist statement and my goal um, as an artist, and uh, that's when I moved to Italy, to Florence, and uh, am unapologetically uh, Catholic and sacred nice. at this point. Yeah. So, um, just and you went with your cousin, didn't you? Norman, yes. brother-in-law. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Norman Fesher. Your brother-in-law. Yeah. 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 And he he went with you as well. He too does sacred art. Right. And 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 we were so fortunate. Blair Gordy, um, she kind of paved that that path for us to even know about the school. And, and she's such a, a talent, Another too. talent. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Her work is incredible, so, too. Uh, yeah, because you do work also uh, through uh, St. Louis the Ninth uh, Art Society. Right. Mm-hmm. So that night, they will be having an event. Shout out to them, but I will not be there. Mm-hmm. My lovely wife will be there, so okay. um, say hello to her. So you're She'll by there representing so, yes, yeah. Yeah, she on your will behalf. Be. <laughs> and she's talented, too, by the way, yes. uh, in, in various ways. So... When it comes to sacred art, what inspires you? In other words, to is it a particular saint that comes to mind? Is it through prayer? When when do you get the revelation to put something on canvas? I think a, a lot of what I've been praying about lately over the past year has has been the word. I was in adoration um, and, and prepping a speech for. Um, I was named distinguished alumni at Dunham. And so I had to go in and talk about my journey. And um, I was in adoration at Mercy and the word charism. I was, I guess I was looking through my phone or reading a book or something and didn't mm-hmm. really know what charism was mm. until recent. And so I've just been fortunate enough, I think, to find my charism, my passion to where I can help the church. Um, and so that's kind of where it's gone as of lately. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like a, a, a passion charism that um, I'm able to dive deeper into my faith and help my community. And yeah. So a lot of it's been community-driven. We're doing the, the Saints by Number class, which has been um, a huge I love that. Let's talk a little bit about that, because yesterday being All Saints Day, and you, you have a program now called Saints by Number, and share with us exactly how that is set up. It, it, it's been successful for church parishes and actually has become a good fundraiser for the church parishes, right. as well as uh, you, sh- you know, showing people how to how to paint. Yeah, it's it's become almost more of a like if I were if you were to tell me that we I was going to be teaching a painting class, <laughs> I would laugh at you a year ago. But um, it's been a, a nice community parish builder, um, and basically we have a priest of the parish come in. He brings his community and he gives like a homily style talk on whatever topic that we're going to paint that day. Then I tell my story and talk a little bit about the topic, and then we paint. We feed them dinner or lunch and just wow. come together and, and get to level each other a little more. And so. paint by numbers. In other words, you, you kind of help us out there. If we're to do this. Right. I'll draw it out for you, but okay. we'll let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Okay, good, because I can only imagine <laughs> and, mine would be a combination of abstract and primitive art, probably <laughs> even with numbers, Jacob. But uh, anyway, but they, that's awesome. Everyone I love can that. add their, the colors they so choose. Right. So you, you supply yeah, it's, everything. It's, it's pretty awesome to see how... how Paintings are completely yeah. different, and yeah. how people kind of go their own way. Is so. that right? Oh, but, yeah. but, my goodness! And, and you, you bring the canvases and the paints. Yeah, and we everything. supply everything. You just show up, have fun, and wow. leave. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Any any of them coming up that people may want to know about? Do you have one? We scheduled? do plan to have one. I think with Father Josh 
towards the end of November. Joshua Johnson. Yes. Okay. So we don't have that date completely set yet, but okay. look out for November. Would it be over at Sacred Heart? It'll be at the gallery, at my gallery. Oh, at your gallery, gallery is located in Baton Rouge, right, right. there off, off of I- Airline I- Highway and I-, uh, I-, 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 I-12. Right, yes. right. Yeah. Easy to get to, easy to see. I can tell you right now, Damien, anybody walking in the, our front doors of our studio is going to see a beautiful Jacob Zumo painting, Our Lady of Sorrows. Our Lady and, of Sorrows. And it is just breathtaking. And, and it was because of an event where you were doing the live painting event, and my wife was at a table and gasped out loud. I mean, she's, you know, looking over at it, and somebody heard her and came over to the table and said, I understand you like that. Would you like that at the studios? I said, yes, I would. Well... They won the bid, praise God. So I've got your, I got your painting. I'm looking forward to this, seeing this. Um, yeah. This this week, uh, coming up week, coming up week. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, Jacob, if people want to learn a little bit more about you or your paintings, where do they go? Um, jzumo.com or at art by jzumo uh, for Instagram. All right. Very Beautiful. good. Thanks for being with us and yes, sharing a cup of coffee always, and your story. Yeah, this always great to be here. All right. It's 15 after on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 2nd. Today is the commemoration of all the faithful departed. The Church has long encouraged prayer for the dead as an act of Christian charity, but today's Feast of All Souls was slow to be formalized. It wasn't until the middle of the 11th century that Saint Adillo, abbot of Cluny Monastery in France, decreed that his monks offer special prayers for the dead on November 2nd, one day after the Feast of All Saints. From there, the custom spread and was adopted throughout the Roman Church. Although graveside food offerings for the dead and other pre-Christian superstitions clung to this observance, more religious customs surround it as well. Public processions or private visits to cemeteries and decorating graves with flowers and lights are appropriate ways to remember the holy souls. In Mexico particularly, All Souls Day or Day of the Dead is observed with great fervor. Few people achieve perfection in this life, but rather go to the grave still scarred with traces of sinfulness. Some period of purification may be necessary before a soul comes face to face with God. The Council of Trent affirmed this and insisted that the prayers of the living can speed the purification process. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Welcome back. Good morning. It is 718. I am David Dawson along with Damian Collado. And right now we have a guest, Bob Stern. He's going to talk about his conversion from Judaism to uh, Catholicism. So, Bob, welcome. Good morning. Good morning to all of you. Bob, that is quite the journey. Uh, from uh, I know a lot of folks who have converted from uh, Judaism to, to Christianity, but to go from that to Catholicism... Uh, was it a, what is it a slow journey, or was it you said I wanted to be Catholic? Well, I actually had very little to do with it. Uh, oh, okay, <laughs> fifty-seven years. I, I was a uh, a Reformed Jew at Turo Synagogue in New Orleans okay. on, on St. Charles, and uh, one year I just wasn't feeling the closeness of uh, of God okay. at the synagogue, so I decided to go to Manresa. Hmm. Had some friends that that were there, and, and uh, went up to Manresa, got in uh, by the grace of God. So uh, 
my wife and and daughters are Catholic. Okay, have always been. Oh, all right. So uh, my wife was asking me. She said, "So um, you going to a Catholic retreat place? Are you right. going to be praying the Rosary? Are you going to do Stations of the Cross? Are you going to go to Mass?" I said. Honey, no offense. I'm going to spend time with my God. <laughs> well, the retreat, the retreat master was uh, Father Callahan. He's since yes, passed away, but yes. he was a Jesuit, and he said, um, "You know, pray to God like He's your friend. You know, talk to Jesus like He's a friend of yours." Mm-hmm. So uh, I remember sitting down in that in that hall, in that uh, conference area, and and I'm, what do I have to lose? Sure. Right. So uh, the next morning, I walked out to the levee, and um, I'm looking around because I thought Jesus might have been there, and uh, he was. <laughs> I just wow. didn't know it. <laughs> and I said, I said, Jesus, uh, I've got some questions for you, and, um, you know, if, if you're there, I'd like to talk to you. So I walked for about an hour, you know, praying to God, mm-hmm. went back to the room, had never in my life read the, uh, the New Testament. So uh, oh, wow. that's all I had to do there. I couldn't talk to anybody. And so I opened up the Bible. <clears throat> I don't remember exactly where it was, but it was in the New Testament. And I'm reading, and I'm like, boy, what a coincidence. That's the answer to the question I just asked on the levy. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And, um, <laughs> that had to and give you chills. again. <laughs> So 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 by the third time I was I was I was on fire. Yeah. I was just burning up and um you know my life it, it it's blessed and I'm just so fortunate um so initially I went <clears throat> I went to to Christ because because of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It isn't because of knowledge, it isn't because of of anything I read. I see. Uh, yeah, you, you didn't. Know, you just, didn't read your way in, right? Right. Well, were you no, a, were you a no. practicing? Were you practicing your Jewish faith? I mean, thoroughly or I, I was okay. Uh, I, I, I was. Yeah, yeah. I would go to uh, services. Uh, I, I would. I would do the uh, the two year Catholic and two year Jewish. Right. I would okay. go to go to uh, uh, Christmas and Easter. Sure, right. With, sure. with my wife and daughters, and they would go to uh, Yom Kippur and, and Rosh Hashanah. Right. And and we would have a seder, you know, with my cousins, and and do the Passover. So, you know, we um, yes, I was I was about as practicing as as you know, Reformed Jews are. Well, I mean, it, you you said seder, and I, when I had gone to a seder, that just part just really blew my mind. Only simply because of the similarities that we have. We're talking about our Eucharistic prayer and the seder supper, and what is going on, and the parallels that we have so close to the Jewish faith. Did that affect you, too? Um, it, not initially, honestly. Okay. Um, so, so, so I'm not a, a very learned man. Mm-hmm. I, I never enjoyed reading. I can't read enough now. Um, one of the books that really touched me was Brant Petrie's book, um, you know, linking Judaism with, with the... Uh, Eucharist. Right with Mary and the Eucharist, uh, right? Yeah, right. I mean it. It um, I, it's I'm I'm becoming full now. Yeah, you know I mean okay. I mean you know the Holy Spirit, you know, showed me that the way I guess, and and now I'm just trying to um, to learn everything that I can possibly learn about this 
wonderful, wonderful faith. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I, I think I think we all feel like we're spiritual infants. No matter where we are in our faith, we feel like we're just getting started, and we have so That's far exactly to go. Right. Did you have any difficulties? You know, coming in when you're coming into the Catholic Church, were there any obstacles where you say, "Okay, I, I want to be Catholic, but I've got the problem with this certain issue"? So, so um, a, a couple of things to answer that. Uh, first off, you know, a lot of my Catholic friends, they had a, a deacon that was uh, a good friend of mine from college, and and they wanted me to hurry up and and join RCIA right away. And uh, and I said, no, I've got to pray on this for a year. Father Callahan said, you know, don't rush it. You know, right. make sure it's right for you. Yeah. So um, the next year I went to Manresa. I, um, I prayed on it some more, and, and, and I decided to convert. <clears throat> so I came home, and I told my wife, I said, uh, honey, uh, great news. I'm becoming a Catholic. And, and she said, uh, all right. She said, well, why didn't you shave? <laughs> and this was in October. Okay. I said, because I've just shaved the last time as a Jew. The next time I shave, I'll be a, a Catholic. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, she said, well, that's not until Easter. I, I, I said, I know. I said, but, you know, Catholics, and if I'm going to become a Catholic, they're, they're supposed to profess their faith. Yeah. So this would give me a segue to, to share my conversion story with others. So, um I went to a <clears throat> birthday party for my uncle's 90th birthday. All of my cousins were there. Okay. And by this time, I had a full beard. Okay. And uh, one of my cousins came up to me, and he said, Bob, he said, I'm really happy for you because it looks like this is, this is really good for you. He said, but i got to be honest. <laughs> you have never looked more like a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> because of the so, beard. Uh, you started so, growing it, so, you said October, right? The retreat was in October. Yeah, yeah, it was, and in, you're it was in October. for springtime, yeah, so, okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they actually, they, they did a story in the Clarion Herald about my conversion, and, um, and they had a picture, a wedding picture, because we weren't married in the church, and we had to get married in the church, and I had this big, huge Jewish beard, yes, <laughs> and uh, my wife hated it. But uh, you know, it, it helps me to remember the conversion. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so how are you looking now? Beard or no? No, no beard. No beard. Okay, okay. <laughs> just <laughs> no beard. <laughs> just curious about that. And where? Oh, Damien, you well, want to say something, Bob? Uh, my question now is. How did your Jewish friends see all this, as well as your family, and have you converted anyone because of your story? Um, so, so my family is supportive. You know, my parents, uh, you know, have predeceased me, and and uh, my brother actually came to uh, to Christ. You know, not through the Catholic faith, uh -huh. but um, he had Alzheimer's, and his and his wife was able to get him. Uh, baptized before he died, so that was an awesome thing. But um, no, the, <clears throat> one of my cousin's wife, uh, wife, you know, came up to me and said, "Bob," she said, "You know, you got you got to help convert your cousin. You know, he needs this." <laughs> but you know, I don't know how to do it. I really don't. You know, I mean, um, it, it it's been a wonderful, just a just a blessing from God. You know, this journey and. Um, I don't know where this path is going to end up, um, sure, sure. you know, but um, I'm discerning, you know, um, 
to to go further yeah. right now. Yeah. I just I just love the yeah. parallels and and the closeness that we have with the Jewish faith. Oh, yes. Because basically we're just keeping that culture going. Yeah. You know, I talked to a woman who did convert to the Jewish, I mean, from the Jewish faith, and she was strong practicing Jewish faith. And when she came into the Catholic Church, she said, uh, you could not be a better Jew than be- to become Catholic. Mm-hmm. Never thought of it that way. Yeah. I mean, does does that somewhat apply, Bob? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Right now, I'm I'm reading uh, uh, or studying. I'm taking a course right now on on the uh, the Old Testament, and okay. um, everything in the Old Testament points to Christ. Every, wow. Everything. Everything does. It's, huh? it's, it's, yeah. It's um, you know, when you when you understand it, you know. I mean, I would I would read the Old Testament, read the Torah, and um, I would just I don't know, wouldn't think about it. Right. You know, right. Wouldn't really, really, you know. So now looking at it, it's like it just it's crystal clear. Yeah. To know? see so, all the puzzle uh, pieces yeah, coming it, together, huh? That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. My goodness. The blessing. Goodness. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, well, Bob. Welcome home. Hey, real quick, what was your timeline on that? You, when did you convert into the Catholic faith, or when did you make that Manresa retreat? So, so that was in uh, October of 2015. Okay, all um, right. So, so October 2016, I made the decision to um, to come in and um, and joined RCIA and and became a. Uh, a Catholic, I'm, you know, I'm learning about baptism, and sure. wow, wow, <laughs> you know, so many people take that for granted. I think there's a lot you we know? take for I granted, mean, Bob. Yeah, you are absolutely yeah, it's right. Accepting God, it's just, it's, it's, yeah. So, so anyway, it's been, it's been a. Uh, it isn't over. No, you know, no, no. Like that journey's just you know, begun. We, we, yeah, <laughs> Bob. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> we, for joining us, and 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 uh, that, ma- that means well. a whole, whole well, lot. Thank and uh, welcome home. All right, Bob. God bless. Thank you. All right. And we came, when we come back, Damien's going to be talking to Lewis Ottoman. And uh, it is, oh, it's half past the hour on Wake Up. Happy Thursday, everyone. 35 after the hour, 25 before the top. Get up, get going. You're listening to Wake Up. Thank you for joining us. David Dawson, Damian Colano, and with us now, Louis Audemont, attorney, and here to talk about the upcoming feast of St. Charles Borromeo, and it's on November 4th, which is this Saturday, mm-hmm. is the feast day. Mm-hmm. And uh, Louis, thank you for being with us, and um, welcome to Wake Up. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's a it's a privilege. Well, we're excited. I had to learn a little bit about uh, St. Charles, and I know I've got a lot more to, to learn, but why don't you enlighten us? Let's start out with who he was and, and what made him a saint to some degree. Yeah, great question. He was born 485 years ago <laughs> in the year 1538 to a very wealthy family in Italy, uh, he earned a law degree and then became a cardinal at the young age of 22. So imagine that. We don't ah, have a cardinal yes. today at the age 22. of 22. Now, yeah. now you got to admit, though, his, his uncle was the Pope. Oh, well, pope, that, yeah. that little stroke there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that probably helped, to say the least. That probably helped. But what else is significant is that he grew up during that medieval period of time. 
when King Henry VIII was the king of England, and we all know oh, King no. Henry VIII yeah. got really mad at the Pope. You mentioned the Pope. Mm-hmm. So King Henry got mad at the Pope for not granting him a divorce and, and broke off from the Catholic Church and formed the Church of England. Well, that was the period of time, the challenging period of time that Bar Mayo was alive and well, and he faced a lot of, of challenges, a lot of competition, a lot of conflict in Italy in much the same way, and he was a reformist. Mm-hmm. He was a type that would stand up and say, hey, people, we're losing our way. The train is getting off the tracks. Yeah. And he did a lot to try to redirect people back to the proper practice of the Catholic faith, and there was so much opposition to him that there was actually an attempt to assassinate him that failed. Wow. And then he went on to really ramp up his, his efforts and, uh, in a very short period of time, because he died at 46. Yeah. So from the time he became a cardinal at 22, he died basically 24 years later. Within that very short period of time, he was credited with forming Catholic hospitals, seminaries, monasteries, convents. Um, he didn't only devote his time and his talent, but he devoted his treasure. As mm-hmm. I said earlier, he was born to a very wealthy family, and he literally gave away his personal wealth wow. to the point of the Pope pulling him aside and saying and warning Barmeo, you're going too far with this, and he would have none of it. He basically sold off his personal wealth, mm. even including selling tapestries off of his walls to make money for clothes for the poor. Uh, he's credited with feeding 3,000 people for three months during a famine wow. and bringing his activities up to the current modern day and time. He's the founding father of what we know today to be Sunday school. So huh. the impact of Bar Mayo is alive and well 485 years after his birth, and we couldn't be happier and more privileged to honor him as our patron saint on his feast day, November 4th, with the culmination of our 300th anniversary celebration. So he died at 46. Did he, that's, a, you know, young too. Uh, did he die a martyr? No. Oh, okay. I don't believe. No, I don't okay. believe so. He had fever, no, if I'm I, not mistaken. Oh, Ill. all right. Uh, and but he he is buried in the cathedral uh, of Milan. Okay. Yeah, all and right. the basilica there. And uh, uh, since he was an attorney, is what what inspired you? Sounds like he's one of your your patron saints or favorite saints. Hmm. Being an attorney yeah, as along well, along with Saint, uh, he is, and along with Saint Thomas More, who go. coincidentally was the one that King Henry VIII went to and said, "Hey." declare me, Henry, the head of the Church of England, and More said, sorry, that's not for me to do, and we all know the fate of St. Thomas More. He was martyred. He was beheaded Mm -hmm. by Henry because he refused to bow down to the king's demands. So for me personally, um, I'm a father of five sons, and my wife and I have, have devoted ourselves to raising our kids in the Catholic faith, going to Catholic schools, going to Catholic church, and it's just... Um, inspiring to me to know that Bar Mayo was a lawyer and literally put aside his, his civil career so that he could pursue a, a churchly career and devoted his life to, to serving God. So yes, he is definitely an inspiration to me, mm-hmm. along with uh, St. Thomas More. And I have to say that our pastor, Father Mixia Curie, has really gone above and beyond in his effort to make sure we as parishioners are giving the proper um, um, uh, attention to celebrating this this milestone he formed four separate committees to make sure we did this right because you only get one shot 
at celebrating a 300th anniversary. So he formed a historical committee to go back in time and gather the facts, but more importantly, to preserve the facts. He formed a spiritual committee to make sure we kept the focus where it belongs, on the faith. Nice. He formed a social committee to plan and to host numerous events throughout this last year. And then he formed the publicity committee, which I'm a part of, to make sure we get the word out. Wow. Wonderful. And, and, and what will take place uh, on the 4th uh, in, in honor of St. Charles Borromeo? Yep. So we're going to have a culminating Mass uh, at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning to be celebrated by Archbishop Gregory Amen. Mm-hmm. We expect to have 25 to 30 other members of the clergy join us, especially pastors from the past. Mm. After Mass, we're going to have a dedication of what we're calling Ascension Plaza, which is a permanent uh, built structure on the campus grounds to encapsulate the history, to to list all the different pastors. We've had 38 pastors over the last 300 years, so we've got a plaque with all their names, and we've got literally um, a timeline from beginning until end, uh, until now, I should say, of of all the history of St. Charles Borromeo. We've got a um, a Google Earth image of the whole campus with Mm -hmm. the uh, prominent points labeled in terms of grave sites and, and whatnot. So it's going to be a special day for the dedication of, of Ascension Plaza. And then we've got food. I mean, it's, it, we're good Catholics, <laughs> so we believe in Absolutely. food. And after, after the dedication ceremony and after the Mass, we're going to have a lot of food. So if, if you're a Catholic in Destrehan, Louisiana, come Saturday at 11 o'clock. You're probably not going to be able to sit inside the church, but there's going to be ample space inside of the gym. The event's going to be live-streamed, so it's going to be as if you're actually there. And um, this has been just a really unique opportunity for all of us, from our pastor to our volunteers, down to all of our parishioners who participated, to actually be a bit like Bar Mayo, yeah. to be activists, to, to live out the faith and to promote the faith and, and put it on display, um, which I think is important, uh, to be a, a beacon yes. of hope oh. in a time in which not only is our country going through so much conflict, but as we see in the the news that the world, world itself is going through so much conflict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we, we kind of feel that, that we're holding on to a continuous chain of mass attendance that stretches back 300 years, and it's important for us. It's a responsibility on our part to not only hold up that chain, but to promote the benefit of weekly mass attendance. So that's really the, the message. That's really what we're celebrating mm-hmm. is that mass has been attended continuously for 300 years in our area, going all the way back to 1723. 300 years. That, isn't that, isn't that yeah. amazing? It who, is. who could really say that around the country yeah. even? You yeah. know, that's, that's yeah. the uniqueness Be- Because it was a river community, too, yes, you know, yes. and that had a lot to do with it. Beautiful. And, since you mentioned live streaming, Lewis, uh, is there a website or, or where would they go if they want to, if they can't go to Destrahan but they want to watch the event? Yeah, so you can get on St. Charles Borromeo's Facebook page, okay. and, and the link will be there for you to be able to access that. Um, it, it's going to be a great day. I have to say, uh, Joan Becknell coined this phrase, but it's been echoed by Mary Schmidt. It's going to be a day like none other. I bet. Well, like I can other. imagine. And he's got good yeah. weather for it, too. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be, be beautiful. Oh, well, that, that, was the last, that was the last charge of our pastor. <laughs> we, we, we all pointed a finger at Father Nixie and said, your sole responsibility on that day 
is is the weather. Oh, and boy, job. did he hit it out the park. <laughs> there you go. Well, Louis Audemont, thank you, thank you so much. You're doing a great job promoting the event, 300th anniversary celebration of St. Charles Borromeo in Destrehan. God bless y'all, and continue the good work and doing God's work uh, down there in the in those parishes. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Okay, my man. All right. Don't go too far. We've got more coming your way. It's 45 after the hour on this Thursday morning. Wake up. Get started. the hour you're turning your heart to the truth i'm david dawson along with damian Collado, and right now we have sandra martin she's the director of marion servants of the precious blood of jesus and we're going to talk about uh, an upcoming mass and a eucharistic healing service good morning sandra good morning good morning how are you this morning I am well, thank God, on this Holy Souls Day. Ah, indeed, indeed. Well, look, uh, talk about this event that's coming up, and actually talk about, I, I tell you what, why don't you give me an overview of the mission first, of the Marian servants of the precious, precious blood of Jesus? Well, it's in our tagline. Uh, we talk about healing uh, and purpose and, and hope and freedom in Christ. Uh-huh. Um, we're primarily uh, spiritual directors. We deal in the spiritual realm. We do a lot of healing prayer. Um, and, and quite honestly, this particular event we're talking about kind of was hatched out of that. Uh, we encountered people who uh, are bearing some interior pain from their own experience with adoption. Okay. Uh, those who were adopted, uh, perhaps those who surrendered a child for adoption, uh, those who have adopted a child, um, it's, it's, it's an unnatural process, yeah. and of course it needs supernatural healing, and so that's what we, we work with people to apply that. So we're doing a particular event um, in that direction, seeking healing for any wounds they might be carrying. Um, because it's, it's unnatural, the supernatural has to come in and overplay, override, um, help us to understand, uh, first of all, understand and accept what happened in the natural realm, Okay. Uh, how we ended up in this situation, because it's not the natural flow of things. Okay. And so there is kind of a jarring of the spirit on a, on a deep sub-psychological, I guess, um, in the depth of the heart, the, the human person knows that this isn't what should have happened. It's not according to God's natural plan for things. Okay. And so again, in God's infinite love and mercy for us, he seems to rescue us from those difficult situations and bring us into places and households and families uh, we can, we can, where we can experience a more natural flow of love. And okay. of course, the... Um, primary person who understands this best, I suspect, was good St. Joseph, uh, who adopted baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when, when we enter into that understanding that um, we are rebirthed in a supernatural way, St. Paul has an awful lot to say about this in Romans, and it's very, very worth meditating upon. Um, Romans 8 particularly, but again in Ephesians, um, 
There's mention of us being the adopted children of God. Mm-hmm. So the more that we can put our hearts and minds and hopes and um, look looks or interior fix, fix our interior vision on that love of God, on that transfiguring glorification, okay. adoption by our heavenly Father. Uh, the more we, our souls can cry out, Abba, Father, to our real and eternal Father, uh, the less painful anything that happened to us in the natural realm becomes. Well, and Sandra, so let, me, a- let me ask you, now, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with, I mean, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of folks who are adopted, and, and also I'm friends with parents who have adopted. Yeah. Now, the only one I can honestly relate to is, you know, when, when you're talking about someone who surrendered a child for adoption, that they might have a little grief going on there, that they 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 know their child's out there somewhere, and or they may even know where their child's being taken care of and everything. So I can understand that that maybe sometimes can be painful. Um, but the ones that I know that were adopted, they're they're very happy with their upbringing, and and then the, the adoptive parents. Are very happy too. That's the only part I don't understand is the healing aspect there. Well, in that realm, deep inside, the child who has been adopted begins to worry: Was there something wrong with me? Oh, okay. Why did they give me up? Oh, there's all that right. worry of not having been lovable. I see. And that seems to surface somewhere around late adolescence. In all my years in high schools, I kept encountering this, encountering this. It's, wh- why did they let, why did they send me forth? Why were my parents not wanting to ha- to take care of me oh, okay. and have me close to them? And so there's kind of a little, I liken it perhaps to some guilt, uh, you know, hmm. some worry that, that, that there's something wrong with myself. Okay. And of course, again, our, our faith heals all of that. There's yeah. nothing wrong with any of us. God loves us, each and every one of our souls, I each and every that. one of our beings, and, and brings us to good, no matter what, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So they want to know the circumstances of the reason for their surrender. I see. Does that make some sense? Yeah, no, I see what you're saying now. I I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. I do know some folks who actually seek out their, you know, birth parents and things. I've 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 seen and heard of that as well. So, well, you and know that, what? That's where that comes from. They want to know they how want that, did I end up adopted? You know, I was see. there something wrong with me? What was going on? Sure, so. sure. Well, I tell you what, we we need to talk about is that healing mass that's coming up. Talk about that that you, that's going to be taking place. Monday, Monday night, November 13th, okay. at Mary Queen of Peace Church, uh, right off the causeway mm-hmm. in Mandeville. It's a 1501 West Causeway approach in Mandeville. Very easy to find. Not that far away if you live on the South Shore. Yeah. And not that far away if you're in Baton Rouge. You that's know? true. So your whole listening area is kind of, it's, it's a good central location. So oh, again, absolutely. Mary, Mary Queen of Peace Catholic Church. Monday, November 13th, that's not this coming Monday, but the following one, mm-hmm. 6.30 to 8.30, um, there will be a Mass, there will be Eucharistic Adoration, there will be opportunity for individual healing prayer, oh, uh, nice. you know, prayer teams to lay hands, uh, there will be some events where they can actually move about the church and do some things that kind of help them to surrender themselves to that 
Heavenly Father where they can cry out, Abba, Father, and find relief from this pain. And again, we rely on the Holy Spirit does all the work. We just make the time and the space for him to work. And so again, Monday, November 13th, 6.30, 8.30. Okay, and it's easy to get to, you're right, from Baton Rouge, uh, from even Biloxi. I mean, you're right off of I-12 down there. So it's it's a good central location for everyone. Well, that's a beautiful thing. And everybody, uh, I think a healing mask can apply to a lot of folks. And plus, there are probably uh, some fellowship even going on because there's other folks that are probably going to be there that are in the same situation. Um, yes, Mer- so. many on our team and, and who are coming to um, to pray with people have experienced this themselves, have been impacted by adoption. We've been able to gather a, a good number of uh, holy folks who carry good. the Holy Spirit with them yeah. to help the Holy Spirit come to these folks. So Wonderful. hope to see some people there. Thank you, Sandra Martin, um, Director of Marian Servants of P- uh, the Precious Blood of Jesus, talking about the healing mass coming up. Once again, thank you for joining us, Sandra. You know, the Catholic Church, the Catholic faith, we are so rich with serving other people. There's so much out there that that takes care of other folks. And isn't that amazing? Yes. Yeah. Well, charity is a great virtue, to say the least. Indeed. Uh, Prayer is also important. We're going to wrap up this show, All Souls Day, with a prayer for those in purgatory from St. Gertrude the Great. Didn't know much about St. Gertrude, but she has a prayer. I have to look that one up. Okay. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Merciful Father, we ask that you have pity on those who are being purified in purgatory, especially those who repented of their sins only very late in life. Ease their suffering and hasten their purification that they may soon join you and all the saints for eternity in heaven. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Beautiful. Beautiful. That is nice. Thank you, Damien. That's a great prayer. All right. We are approaching the eight. We are approaching the top of the hour. So great show for you tomorrow. Tune your heart to the truth on Wake Up. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.